And so game day is upon us once again. Game three, National League Championship Series, Citizens Bank Park, Philadelphia. The Phillies and Padres are tied at one, coming home. It's time to separate these two teams, I think, in my humble opinion. Time for the Phillies to rattle off three straight home victories and not have to worry about the freaking travel mess awaiting them and everybody attached to them Sunday into Monday, or just Monday. First things first, you got to take care of business. The Phillies are at home where they haven't lost yet this postseason, mind you. And they are handing the ball to Ranger Suarez to take on Joe Musgrove and try and get back out in front of this NLCS. Potentially five games in five days for the first time in playoff history in a single season series, probably. Worry about that when we get there. Joining me as always... The podcast better half the athletics matt gill matt welcome back east i trust you enjoyed your time out in san diego i did it's good to be home uh had a lot of good tacos but uh it's good to be home and uh i, I think uh yeah, i know you talked about game two in depth with uh mike bauman and i i don't want to like harp too much on it but i i do think uh it was it was very bad for them it was very bad i mean that's uh you win that game and history tells you that uh, you're in the World Series. Like the series was over. Uh, and I know nothing is guaranteed and I know people cringe, you know, when when they hear things like that. But uh, uh-huh. the history history tells us that the series was over if they win that game. And you get up for nothing with Aaron Noll on the mound. And, and uh, you know, you just have to hope that with the off day and coming home, you know, the momentum isn't necessarily like a huge thing coming off that game because the Padres were pretty fired up and you had them uh, backed into a corner. And, uh, you know, now today, like you're going to face tonight, excuse me, you're going to face, you know, Joe Musgrove, who, you know, he finished his season. He, he allowed one run in his final four starts of the season. And they were against the Diamondbacks, the Cardinals, the Dodgers, the Giants. Uh, and then, we all know what he did uh, in the first game of the playoffs. Uh, his ears were shiny, and he pitched uh, a one-hitter, seven innings of one-hit ball against the Mets. Very, very strange situation. <laughs> all of that. All of that. Um, how many people in the stands are going to be, like, chanting about his ears oh, or, like, boy. have, like, some kind of, I don't know. I feel like tonight there's going to be some kind of ear play, right? Well, harken back to Matt Garza <laughs> in 2008, I guess. Just instead of cotton <laughs> balls, we've got icy hot or whatever the hell people think it was i don't don't know he was a little more you know he only gave up two runs and six innings in game four uh the 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 clinching game series uh for the lds uh, against Mm -hmm. the dodgers he he walked three guys he's he's good he's he's a really good pitcher phillies um have faced him before he's he's good um they certainly have the pitching advantage tonight in game three uh with ranger suarez going for the phillies but um you you would hope that like the time between if they if they played the next day after blowing the four run lead and, you know, getting the Padres really fired up. I would think that there would be even more of an advantage for the Padres, but I think that the, it was a travel day and coming to Philly and a decidedly different atmosphere. It was like 89 degrees at first pitch uh, mm. on, uh, what was it? Wednesday afternoon. And right. tonight it's going to be probably about 53 and uh, it's going to be different. Padres hadn't left the West coast really for a while. Uh, so 
they had a workout yesterday at Citizens Bank Park. The Phillies did not. Uh, both teams flew out Tuesday, uh, Wednesday night and got into Philly really, really early uh, Thursday morning. Padres had a workout. Phillies didn't. Padres wanted to get on the field just to get a little feel. I was in the air. I was not there right, <laughs> all no, day yesterday. I was in the air all day yesterday. I lost an entire day. I will say the postseason has been great unexpectedly for me being able to binge and catch up on Better Call Saul. I only have a few episodes left in the final season now. Uh, and what a show. Wow. Well, there's a nice little ancillary benefit for you. Now, I, you're right in that there's a bit of an advantage, I think. But you're also right in the counterpart to that. That yes, if they had played yesterday, you'd be I'd be a little bit worried. Like those were those were bad feelings. Those were bad tides, bad turns of the tide. Look, the Phillies are a better team at home all the way around. They they pitch better, they hit better. It's just it's a better situation for them. The crowds are going to be ridiculous. Keeping them involved will be important. It's not everything, but it'll be important. And look, I, I Joe Musgrove is is a nice pitcher. Threw a no-hitter, finished the year strong. Totally get that. That's fine. Ranger Suarez, in my mind, can absolutely keep pace with him when he's got his stuff, when he is on. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. Ranger, by the way, still should have been nominated for a Gold Glove Award. Even I saw, I did see, once I landed, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not the kind of guy, people think this is weird <laughs> when I say this, I usually don't get Wi-Fi when I'm on a plane. Uh-huh. Um, I like to, to totally unplug when I'm on the plane. I don't sure. want to, unless I really have to work, unless I have to write something, I'll get Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like to unplug in the plane. And so I landed and I was just trying to like, you know, just as we were taxiing and sitting on the runway for, you know, on the tarmac for like another 15 minutes because no one was there to move the jet bridge. Thank you, PHL. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I was just trying to catch up on as much as I could. And I saw that you retweeted my old tweet about, um, yeah ranger not being uh, why ranger was not eligible even eligible to be voted upon three and for people for yeah he was about three inches short rawlings set this really arbitrary strange cutoff um for when they sent the ballots out and the the gold glove finalists and the the gold glove awards are voted on by managers and coaches uh in the majors it's not anyone else that's it um so people were wondering like how did this happen how does this guy finalist how is this guy not that is the reflection of coaches and managers in the major leagues so Not be it writers. no one else yeah 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 so so be it fine you you get that well i'll, I'll cherish my gold glove 2022 season from rangers for um <laughs> brandon no, marsh is a finalist is that right at, as a left fielder in the american league but ranger suarez <laughs> is not a pitching finalist <laughs> go go figure this is a good system we've got going on here <laughs> um anyway look R- ranger okay staying on point we didn't go too far away here Look, Ranger did not have his best stuff in his first appearance, and you cannot walk five guys and expect to get away with it. Thankfully, they did last time. But he has got to find a way, I think, like all of these other starting pitchers, and especially ahead of this bullpen game that's coming on Saturday, to get through at least five innings. It would really be bad times if he can't scrape through. I feel like... And this is this is my perception here. You can check me on this. I feel like he's going to have a long leash through the first four. But if things go sideways, like if we start talking about four or five runs, God forbid, through those first, you know, three or four innings, then they're probably going to pull the ripcord and get somebody else in there to try and, and soak up a little bit. Because it just seems like if you exhaust the tank 
too soon, you're going to leave guys a little bit gassed for what's already an expected bullpen game on Saturday. And that could just, that could snowball things. And I think it's already important enough to try and prevent this team from going back out West. Ideally, ideally you win all three games here and you don't have to worry about that. That's awesome. But on the micro, it's like the path to get there is a little bit long and all these things need to go right. And so the onus is on Ranger who has seen weirdly his command leave him entirely at times, which is strange because he came up with the reputation of being a, a real, you know, dot the corners kind of guy. And when he's on, he still is. What's the feeling about Ranger going to the, into tonight is, is the expectation that they want to push him to get, you know, at least five innings, ideally. What What's the situation looking like with him? Lengthwise? I think a lot of this series, Paul, hinges on Ranger Suarez to start tonight. I really, mm. for so many reasons you just outlined, is because they're in a position where they they can't they can't pull that report too fast because if you do, you've really set yourself up for a bad spot in the next. You know, again, we talked about five games in five days. Um, then again, this is a really big swing game here. Like you, you yeah. really don't want to lose this game, and so like if he doesn't have his stuff. At what point do you like, we, we got to pull the cord here. We got to, you know, we got to get someone else in there, you know, Saturday, Sunday, be damned. Like we, we have to get someone in there. So they really, really need five solid innings from him. Uh, he's only made two starts since uh, September 30th. You know, he's barely pitched, which I think actually might be all right for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, his innings are way up there. The extra rest, he's going to end up, this would be, this is his 11th, no, this is his 10th day since his last start. He pitched October 11th, game one of the NLDS. And, uh, man, they, they need a they need a big start from him. Um, they haven't committed to who's going to pitch in game four, you know, whether it's Syndergaard again or Falter, mm-hmm. uh, or even, I guess, Gibson could be in play. Mm. Uh I, and that's totally dependent on how deep Ranger goes tonight. If, if Ranger gets in trouble, like I think you see Syndergaard maybe coming out of the bullpen tonight. You know, I think that's yeah. a possibility depending on, you know, what inning it is. If we're talking about trouble in the second or third and they feel like they got to make the move, I think you could see Syndergaard. And that means that maybe Bailey Falter, who has pitched, you know, zero times in the postseason, you know, is starting game four for you. Uh I think Falter might start game four regardless. I think Falter might get the first four batters of game four and then Syndergaard comes in behind him. Like, let's say Ranger gives you five or six tonight. Mm-hmm. You win. I think you could see Falter for four batters uh, in game four with Syndergaard behind him. Um, or maybe Bilotti right behind him, then Syndergaard. Uh, I think this is a better matchup for a left-handed pitcher. The Phillies uh, didn't really have those advantages against the Braves. They crushed lefties. Yeah, uh, they were, you know, they crushed Ranger. The Phillies were trying everything they could to not pitch Bailey Falter in that Brave series period. Um, and that was not necessarily a reflection of Falter. It was just that uh, it, it was not a good matchup. It, it was not a good matchup. Um, they they probably got the worst matchup of the year, which was Brad Hand against Brandon Drury. We don't have to talk about that anymore. It was a terrible <laughs> yeah. matchup. I mean, yeah. it really was not. It was I don't think it was good managing. I mm-hmm. I know it was a, I, I, it's a tough one because it's like, well, what, everything what would wrote you have on done? Yeah, yeah, and it's like, well, what you, what you have done? And I don't know if I have a great answer to that. I, I would not have brought Alvarado in, and I know why he didn't right. do it. But right, um, 
you know, I think the, the ideal would have been like if, if you had trusted Connor Brogdon, which you don't, um, no. he would have been the guy for that spot, but he, yep. you just you couldn't trust him. Then. No, so, I, I, I think that's the answer. You're right. Uh, and so I don't blame him for not bringing it in there. But anyway, right. I think this is a better spot for lefties. Um, did Falter face the Padres this year? I can't remember. I don't think so. No, he didn't. He has a huge advantage when he's facing hitters um, who I've never seen him before um, because he is a little that makes sense. quirky. Um, yeah. He's got that big stride. He hides the ball pretty well. Ball kind of comes up on you a little faster than you expect because it's 91, 92, but it really looks more like 93, 94 sometimes um, because of that big stride. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they really like the idea of him either tonight or tomorrow night, you know, getting a little pocket uh, of the Padres. Here's a thought, and I know Rob Thompson has already commented on that, but if things go awry tonight, the Phillies lose and they fall behind 2-1 in the series, is, is there any thought of maybe even as an, as an opener using Zach Wheeler in game four? No, 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 no. No, because you want him in game five. I mean, you you want him on regular rest in game five. And, you know, because even if you lose the next two, um, you've got Wheeler in game five and you feel good at least getting it back to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, if you shoot Wheeler as an opener, then you've, you've, you've exhausted him. I mean, I, you know, mm-hmm. you gotta, you want Wheeler for six or seven innings. Yeah. You I know? Agree. Um, so no, I mean, this is, you know, and, I, and we didn't talk, we haven't talked about the Padres side of this. I mean, game four for the Padres is, is I think equally as much of a shit show. You know, you've got Mike Clevenger who got, it, it got could be shelled. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of, he got shelled by the Dodgers. This has been just okay. This, you know, down the stretch. And they have Sean Manai, who was throwing a simulated game uh, before the first game, game one in San Diego. He was on the field throwing to hitters. Uh, he, he has not pitched in the postseason. He hasn't pitched uh, since late uh, in the season, since I think mm-hmm. the second to last day of the season. And they haven't really trusted him with a spot yet. Uh, so, you know, they would probably be looking at some sort of clevenger Manaya combination uh, while the Phillies are looking at some sort of, you know, falter, Syndergaard, whatever thing. Uh, I don't know that there's a clear advantage to either side there. And as far as the offense goes now, flipping a script because Musgrove is a right-handed pitcher, we're thinking that the platoon-ish thing happening at the bottom of the order, because the top of the order isn't changing, you figure that the Bryson Stott and Brandon Marsh um, deployment is going to happen down at the bottom of the lineup again at uh, short stop. Uh, Maybe not. It depends on like how long they think that, you know, Musgrove is going to go. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I think I think you'll see tonight it, Musgrove with Musgrove being a righty tonight. You're seeing, you know, the the standard lineup like Stott and Marsh play. Okay, I'm thinking for Game Four, like if they start, okay. let's say they start Minaya, but they're like, well, he might only go two or three innings. I don't know that you necessarily start Veerling or Sosa, right? Maybe you start one of them, maybe you don't. I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> I mean, it's not like either of them have, have, you know, had their big NLCS moment yet. You're really just kind of waiting for for somebody to join Harper and Schwarber on the train here and really just, like, find that timely hit that they've been picking up so frequently. Castellanos needs to clean it up. You know, uh, ever since ever since game one in Atlanta, things have uh, fallen back a little bit, has not quite been the momentum boost that a lot of us were hoping it would have been. Here's another thing. I guess while we're talking about him, let's let's take a little quick tangent with him. Um, is it simply because Dalton Guthrie is a, is a very green rookie 
that Castellanos has remained in the game late in games on defense? Um, yeah, I think maybe they're also trying to boost. It's the same thing with Bone. Like they're trying to, it may not necessarily be a strong tactical move, but it's more of like a uh, confidence kind of thing, like a uh-huh. bigger picture and over, you know, a marginal advantage in the ninth inning kind of thing. I am a little surprised that Castellanos hasn't come out of games. Sometimes Thompson will say that like he's not doing if it's close enough he's not doing it because he uh, that his spot is due up in the lineup or something right yeah if it goes to extra innings and he doesn't necessarily want to remember how many times and I know people have scars from this and I'm very sorry to bring this up how many times did Roman <laughs> Quinn early in the season get you know have to get big at bats and extra innings because he came in for defense and then all of a sudden, yeah oh crap yeah um, now that's that shouldn't factor into decisions now but I'm I think it. I think that's kind of that was certainly during the season. That was something that Thompson had mentioned a few times. So, uh, is there anywhere where do I find like team postseason? Like, where do I find player postseason stats? You know what I mean? Like for the full postseason. I know Castellanos' numbers are not good. That's all no, and no, you're right. No, Castellanos' numbers are, are not good overall, even including that first game. You know, it's it's funny over the past couple of years. Um, you know, I've talked with people like John Stolness on hitting season about this and and thought about it in just my daily you know brain space because all i do is think about baseball that hope as a strategy is, is usually not the way to go but when you get to the playoffs and and i i'd forgotten this and when you get into these like really high tension spots it really does become that that delicate balance of okay, well, you probably have a better option on the bench here that you can plug in, but how's somebody going to respond to that? Either way, you know, I, I you kind of hope that, well, you definitely hope that what Thompson is doing with, with you know, defense, not always subbing out Bohm or, or Castellanos, is actually going to pay off and actually going to help out. I mean, so far it paid off in game one of the LDS for, for Nick and... Alec is, he's still on balance okay. I think he's made some nice plays and, you know, a couple others that, that weren't so nice. I just, uh, the the thing that worries me is that one of these confidence plays, and I guess we saw that with Brad Hand, maybe. It was a little bit mm-hmm. less of that. But yeah. then one of these confidence plays just cost them in a big spot. You know, you don't, you don't want to see the obvious thing like that, like Nick staying in right field or, or whatever, botching a play, heaven forbid, and and really costing this team something. You know, like a lot of things conspired to go against the Phillies in game two of this series. It wasn't necessarily any one thing. The Padres were hitting Nola well. The defense was, you know, it was unremarkable. Um, and it just, it, it all kind of came apart. Fine, whatever, we've moved on. You just don't want to see that one big dramatic moment come in because then that throws everything else into question, right? Then the, the exact opposite of what you're trying to accomplish and bolster that confidence just inverts. It becomes the negative. And if you have that happen, especially if it happens, you know, in the midst of losing the series lead falling behind, you do worry about that spiraling a little bit. Obviously like there are clubhouse guys and we've been talking about this, how there are these glue guys that have been keeping them together and, keeping the young guys feeling like they're part of the mix and keeping their heads, you know, keeping their feet on the ground and the heads out of the clouds, all of that. But things are so ramped up now. You just, 
you want to avoid those little boat shaking things as much as you can. And I just worry as this series goes on, the more that fate gets tempted by not deploying some of these defensive subs that the ball's going to find them. Did, were you, I mean, there were people who were kind of upset about the way that that inning was managed, the fifth inning game two. Uh, mm. Where did you stand on that real quick? You know, it was unfortunate, but I understood it. I mean, it's so early in the game and. <laughs> when you, when you look at you it, it's figure... like Nola, like no, a bad Nola, you still is probably your best bet, right? Better than one of your middle relievers. Well, I mean, that's why he was left in for as long as he was to begin with. Like, I had no problem letting him try and figure things out as that inning was going on until it just became untenable. I, I understood that. I understood bringing in, you know, the the replacements that they did. It just, it didn't work. A lot of it was put on hand getting Cronenworth out. Because you do that, the inning is, is over and you don't have to worry about hand facing Brandon Drury. And we all know what happened next. It was it was unfortunate that early in the game. I agree. It wasn't it wasn't Alvarado's spot. Um, I would have understood that, too. But I also feel like you can probably, you know, if Brad Hand is on this roster, you have to be able to trust him to get a left handed batter out at some point. Yeah. Right. And that just didn't happen. It was unf- he, he got ahead of him and then he let he let a slider slip out of his hand. Yeah. So so let me give you something else here. Uh, I found the the player by player, you know, postseason stats as a whole. Okay. Because this does this does uh this does um prove a point I want to make. Okay. Uh how many players on the Phillies roster do you think have a postseason OPS over greater than six hundred OPS? This year? Yes. Two. Just this postseason, the entire Two. postseason. It's three, but it's really it's four, okay. but it's really three. Edmundo okay. Sosa, I'm not counting him, he's only got four ABs. But it's Harper, he's got a one 1.390 OPS. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh Marsh is 896. Uh yeah, okay. And Segura is 717. Yeah. But let me read you off the OPSs of everyone else. Real Muto 578, Hoskins yeah. 524, Bohm 517, Schwarber 517, Beerling 500, Castellanos 483, Stott 385. Uh Yeah, it's not it's not good. I mean, they need they need, like don't want to make it as simple as it is because as as this because it is not this simple. But like, they need a little more. And it's the postseason. It's hard to hit. It's hard to score. You're facing mm. the best pitchers. That is all applicable here. I'm not expecting them to be uh, to every for every player or even you know a majority of the players to to be uh, sparkling offensive performers in the postseason. But they need just a little more. So it, that ties into another question I've I've had about the early approach in this series as opposed to last series. The Phillies drew a lot of walks. I mean, a decent amount of walks, I guess, really. In the series against the Braves, they drew 11 in the four games. Uh, not a ton, but they were at least taking their pitches. Schwarber paced everybody with three. Now, Schwarber is the only one in the first two games who has walked. He has two. Really? Yeah. Mm. Against 22 strikeouts for the team. Which and and also surprising the you know Harper's not struck out Schwarber's only struck out once, um, so a couple of the usual suspects haven't really punched out too much, but there's no there's no walking going on not even Harper, Harper has no walks. Um, is this a case of do you think the plan is just like okay, understand your pitch, look for your pitch, and the first time you see it attack it instead of trying to 
you know, draw out some of these at bats, the, the ground beef offense, as I, I like to think of them when they were really, you know, grinding these, you know, averaging four and five pitches every time somebody stepped to the plate, sometimes a seven pitch or eight pitch walk, um, you know, really kind of making the pitcher work for it. I thought they were going to do that against Blake Snell, who had been known to be a little bit erratic at times. And that that wasn't the case. Like, Do we think there there was a shift there for these first two games or is it just a blip? small sample. I, I don't I don't know if there was a shift. I think that the the idea this idea this platonic ideal of like a, a lineup that grinds out of bats it's a great idea. I don't think it works a lot in the postseason. Mm. I mean you're just facing better pitching. Like during the season there are moments in the season where you can do that to guys, maybe guys that um you know are lesser starters like you can bleed them out and get to the middle of of, of another team's bullpen real fast. Uh I, it's harder to do in the postseason. It really is. I mean, you're just facing better pitching. Uh, that's my that's my take on this. Oh, it makes sense to me. Uh, speaking of better pitching, as far as the Phillies bullpen is considered uh, ready to go, ready to fire on all cylinders for tonight on Friday, is there an expectation that if needed, some guys could go all three days in a row, maybe put them down for game six if it gets that far. How do you think they're going to try and balance the bullpen workload? Is it just a purely a wait and see depending on how the, each game goes? Or do you think they have plans for just securing wins if they get leads? I think you got to just wait and see. I mean, you got to take what's right in front of you, right? I mean, you have to win. You have to win the game that's right in front of you. And, and if that leaves you compromised for the next night, um, you're just going to have to deal with it. And it's not the best thing because we're probably going to see Connor Brogdon in a tight spot, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Robertson, like, mm-hmm. not a great look, but they at least got him on the mound. It had been 10 days. Like, you got it. It was good for them to get him in the yeah. game. Yeah, for sure. People are going to cringe. Kyle Gibson was throwing like 96 or 97 miles he, an hour. You know like, what? what the yeah. Hell? He, was like... it, was, it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's going to get into another game in this series. I don't know if it's a good thing if he gets into another game. What I know is that I was like, all right. I mean, the guy hadn't pitched in 19 days and, you know, kind of hard to do that. Uh, He threw a pitch at 95.7 miles an hour. Uh, I was kind of intrigued. He's got two swings and misses. He got, what, 26 pitches? Uh, Uh I don't know. He's Kyle Gibson, but uh, I guess like, you know, at least he got on the mound. And so like, if you got a spot where you need, where you, you know, I, I, both teams are gonna have to use all of their pitchers. They will. I mean, you're, 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 the Phillies have, have really gotten breaks so far. I mean, they're, they're top five, you know, innings guys in this postseason. Wheeler, 19 and a third. Nola, 17 and a third. Alvaro, six innings. Dominguez, four and two thirds. Eflin, four and a third. I mean, they've been able to just absolutely lean on their studs. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the formula has been great for them. And it's going to get messy in the next, you know, the rest of the series. Um, and, and it's not just messy for them. It's messy for the Padres, too. And the Padres have leaned on, uh, you know, their big guys as well. And they're not necessarily going to be able to do that. For example, Darvish, 19 innings. Snell, 13 two-thirds. Musgrove, 13. And then the relievers, it's like Nick Martinez, uh, eight innings, Suarez, seven, Hater, five and a third. Hater looks really good right now. He looks good again, um, yep. He's struck out ten guys in five and a third innings. And then and then you gotta dip though, they gotta dip into the Luis Garcia, Pierce Johnson, Tim Hill, Steven Wilson. I don't know who he is. Uh 
pool and right. I, you know, there, there's, there's, there's going to be some really uncomfortable moments for these managers. And I, I wrote a little bit about it in the athletic, you know, off of game two. And, uh, that, you know, it was uncomfortable. I don't think that the Phillies loved the idea of bringing Brad hand in that spot because they knew if he put him on, they're kind of screwed. And it's not like they were blind to that. It's not like they didn't understand that they knew it. Um, but they also knew that there weren't many other cards to play there and it was uncomfortable. And I think both managers are going to face really uncomfortable decisions here in the next few days, decisions you typically don't want to be making in October, late October, but the situation is going to, is, is just going to force it. All right. Prognostication time. We sit here with a tied series, (laughs) best of five sitting in front of them, three in Philly, potentially two more in San Diego. Does the winner of Friday's game three win this series? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's going to be this the is a big swing game. It's a big, big swing game. Yeah. Because even if you're the Phillies and you and you take <clears throat> you take tonight and you lose tomorrow, uh-huh. um, you've still got Wheeler in game five. And let's say you go back to San Diego up 3-2 with Noel on the mound in game six. Um, you, you feel pretty good about that. Right? Yep. Yep. Exactly right. Yep. I mean, in in honestly, in whatever order it comes, the Phillies just have to take two games here at home. They have to take care of business at home. Um, I think they get that started tonight. <clears throat> And then take it from there. So yeah, I'm still, I'm still feeling good. No, you, know? you just you win two out of three here, yeah. and you take your chances in taking one of the games in San Diego. And if it goes to seven, just close your eyes, yeah. <laughs> lean into it. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of peeking through, uh, peeking through. If fingers. it goes to, if it goes to a seventh game, who the hell is going to pitch for both teams? Uh, me, I, I am going to pitch for both teams. No, it's. What would your comfort level be with Kyle Gibson starting game seven of the National League Championship Series? You know what? Honestly, for like like, two or three innings. If everybody else is gassed (laughs) and this guy is, you know, he has one more appearance maybe tonight. Uh, I don't know if I want to tempt that. But if we get one more look at him either tonight or tomorrow and he's still throwing, you know, he's still throwing gas. He's still throwing cheese. Yeah, maybe you put him out there for two or three games in a game seven. I cannot believe I'm saying these words. I guess I'm I'm sniffing something real potent but yeah i would i would feel i would feel better than zero about that you know like it's all about what guys look like in the moment right or like what have you done for me lately becomes that much more of a thing if guys look good now then you you just you got to take that you know like i i yeah (laughs) I, I truly can't believe I just said that. No, because it we we spent all regular season looking at this guy like, oh man, did we just got to get through his last starts? Like he's just he doesn't look good. He looks like he's laboring. They're they're teeing him up. And now, well, maybe a little extra rest did him good. I don't know. I'm a fellow old guy. I do better with a little extra rest. Maybe he feels better. Maybe he can do that for two or three more innings. I don't know. I, what other choice do I have? But if that's the no situation and that's how the cards fall, you know, like. Maybe you put somebody out on short rest. I, I don't know. It would be a mess. It would be a mess. We we wouldn't see, you know, it, it wouldn't be a decisive, you know, Halliday Carpenter situation. Uh, it would be the Phillies, I believe, first ever game seven in the playoffs, mm-hmm. by the way. Correct. 140 um, seasons of Phillies baseball. Yeah. They have never played a game seven. So how fitting would it be then for the franchise that has never played a playoff game seven to make their first playoff game seven? <laughs> as ugly as goddamn possible like what can you imagine anything more fitting than just a slop fest on the mound from the philadelphia phillies in game seven of the national league championship first things first i don't even want to get there 
I want this team to win these three games at home, and it starts tonight. We got to feel good about Ranger, feel good about the offense coming home and lighten things up a little bit. This is the time. You know, you 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 missed the opportunity to go up 2-0 again. All right. Treat it like the Brave series. Time to pick up, move on, take care of your business at home. That's as far as I see it. Um, yeah. As as far as weather is concerned, I guess that's the last thing we can check on cool. for tonight's game with Friday. It seems like it's going to be dipping down into the fifties by first pitch. Low fifties. Yeah. Low fifties. A little, little bit of wind. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Not not like it matters much. It's not so. windy outside right now. I'm looking at my window. Yeah, bundle up beautiful bundle up if you're cold. going to the park layer up yeah um and i think that's a good place to stop because that's everything we can talk about for tonight ranger suarez joe musgrove phillies padres game three of the nlcs oh i guess one more thing i i've learned uh after after cutting bauman off the, the first time i had him uh join us uh that i didn't give him an ample opportunity to plug what he was working on Matt, what stories do you have in the pipeline coming up that we should look for either either today or later this weekend that aren't game stories necessarily? I don't know. Nothing right now. Okay. All right. Well, see, I at least gave you the opportunity. <laughs> no, see, I mean, I've, like, I've been, yeah, I, you know, during the season, I'll have a lot of different ideas and I'm kicking around, but like in the playoffs, sure. it's been it's been kind of like more um, survival kind of thing and just trying to pull out a few different strings and then, you know, watch the game and see what happens. And maybe one of those strings I've been pulling on leads to, you know, something uh that I expound expand upon oh, the life of a writer. It's glamorous. All right. Well, <laughs> not much left to do, but to uh, watch the game and see what happens. Well, as Charlie Manuel would say, say this is the best advice he would always give. He said, watch the game, son. Watch the game. <laughs> that was good. Watch the game. We'll see what happens. That was good. I felt like Charlie was here. People are retweeting um, my old tweets about that. Uh, uh, the union electrician who uh, greeted Manny Machado uh, oh boy. upon coming to Citizens Bank Park on December 20th, 2018, when the door was locked, Matt Contact had to open it for him. People are uh, going back and finding those tweets from that day. It was a really, really strange day. Yes, it was. I still have a picture somebody took of the, the Jumbotron with him in a Phillies cap saying, welcome to Philadelphia, or welcome, Manny, and... Uh, his wife, right? His, his wife, yeah. her name. I think it started with a Y. Anyway, not important. He's on the Padres. He's the enemy. And it's time for the Phillies to retake this series lead. So we're a few hours away. Whenever you end up listening to this, ideally before game three, otherwise things are going to sound very inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> Phillies are going to take the mound. Playoff baseball is back in Philadelphia, baby. The place is going to be rocking. So if you're going tonight, wave those towels, burn your voice like I sound like I'm about to for some reason. Um, make yourself heard. I'll see you all at the park on Saturday. I'll be there. Oh yeah. Uh, and hopefully, uh, it won't be a clinching game, but it also won't be a losing game no matter what. And hopefully the Phillies keep that momentum going because I don't know. Something still feels different. I still feel good right now. And I won't count this team out until the 27th out of their fourth loss. That's the spirit. Yeah. You know, nothing more to say. So now that I've given Matt his chance to plug all of his wares and, and, and <laughs> been a good, <laughs> been a good podcast host. Uh, we'll sign off uh, for Matt. I'm Paul. Go Phils. Game three tonight, Friday, 730. Tune in. We'll see you there.